The B True Chronicles by J.S. Blue. Chapter 3 Stampede. Brick, the old river turtle with the multicolored shell, led Beetroo down the riverbank until they came to a grassy slope that sat between the river and the plain. There were two large oak trees near the top of the slope. Please go and find a comfortable spot next to one of those trees, and I will bring you something to eat. I don't have much, but I should have enough to take the edge off, said Brick. Well, thank you very much, said Beetroo, as she ascended the slope and sat down against the base of one of the trees facing towards the mountain. In the haste of the previous 36 hours, she'd only glanced at the mountains as a point of reference. She hadn't studied them at any length. There were no mountains near where Beetroo lived, but she'd visited many places that had them, and these looked much larger to her than any she'd seen previously. While the start of the mountain range was easily two to three days' walk away, the foothills on the southern side of the range appeared to be fairly close, maybe a half a day's walk away. She wondered if her path would take her to those mountains. She shuddered at the thought. Red men with deadly arrows, a long night walk on a windy, lonely plain, near death by dehydration, talking animals with crazy stories about scary people, these experiences conflated to snap Beetroo out of any sense of delusion that she had an easy path back to Dante or her home. She looked at her sneakers. She always wore them without socks and worried how well they would hold up should she need to hike mountains or walk in the snow. Brick came back up, towing a small red wagon behind him the size of a toy. Beecher was excited to see the wagon held sliced strawberries, an assortment of nuts, cut up avocado, some chopped carrots, and a small glass jar with a metal lid that held water. The jar is small, but will help keep a little water handy on your journey. Oh, thank you, Brick, said Beetroo with a warm smile. She grabbed a few strawberries and quickly tossed them into her mouth. They were the most delicious strawberries she'd ever tasted. She quickly consumed everything in the wagon, including the water in the jar. It would take her some time to fully rehydrate, and she promised herself then to never, ever pass on the chance to drink water again. Thank you, Brick. I feel so much better. That was a delicious meal, exclaimed Beetroo. Brick smiled and sat down next to her. I'm pleased you liked it, even though I'm sure it barely dented your hunger. I raised most of this lovely food in my personal garden back in my den. It's just a hobby I like, so that when I have the rare guest, I can give them something to eat. I myself prefer waterweed and the occasional minnow, said Brick with a slight smirk. His face grew serious. I know you have many questions. I may not know the answers to all of them, but I will certainly do my best to answer as many as I can. Beetroo wiped off her mouth with her sleeve and looked around the great plain. She looked at Brick and asked, Where is this place? Now, the whole time I've been here, I've assumed it's just a part of the world I've never visited before. 
but something about my time here has felt... It's... She paused for a moment. Very different, somehow. It doesn't feel like my world feels, even though it seems very much like my world. Brick smiled again. It feels strange to you because it's not your world. Beetru felt a chill shoot up her spine. While she'd considered the possibility that somehow she was in another world by means unforeseen, hearing it from Brick zapped her with unease and a bit of dizziness. How did I get here? And how long have I been here? She asked, scared to hear Brick's response. You came to this world through the enigmatic egress, a gateway that connects your world to this world, like a doorway. Whenever someone passes through it, all memory of their transfer is erased. The transfer renders one unconscious, sometimes for many hours. Beetru considered this for a moment. I went through this gateway and ended up in the wood. That's crazy, but explains how I got here and why I was asleep when Cosma found me. So if I went back to the wood, I could find the enigmatic egress and use it to go back home, couldn't I? She asked hopefully. You would think that was the solution. Unfortunately, once someone has transferred through the gateway, it immediately closes and vanishes. When and where it re-eventually reopens remains a big mystery, hence its name. Nobody has been able to track or predict its behavior. It's quite the conundrum. I myself have never completed a transfer. I'm perfectly happy living on the river in the middle of the Great Plain, but I have seen it with my own eyes twice before. Beetru's heart began to flutter again. But it is possible to transfer back, isn't it? Yes, it is, and given recent events, it would seem, said Brick, stopping mid-sentence, his head tilting to the side. Brick? Quiet, please, said Brick as he hurried around the tree to look on the other side. Beetru stood up and walked around the tree to see what Brick was looking at. Oh, no, this isn't good, said Brick with wide eyes. What is it? I, I, I don't see any, Beetru said, stopping. In the distance, she saw a large cloud of dust rising off the plain. It was extremely long and extended for many miles in either direction. It appeared to be heading directly towards them. Brick... What is that? It's the Firehorns. The Chairman's Firehorns. They're doing a massive sweep on the plane for reasons I can only imagine. We must away, said Brick, as he scampered hurriedly down the grassy slope to the riverbank, leaving his wagon behind. Come now, Beetru. There's no time to waste. Beetru could not turn away from the dusty cloud of what looked like horses. She could see hundreds of them galloping in a single, seemingly endless line. As they got closer, Beetru could see that they were larger than the horses in her world. Each was dark gray in color with long horns, just like unicorns. Their eyes were bright emerald green and glowing. Beetru, you must get down to the riverbank! Quickly now! screamed Brick, who nearly was to the bank himself. 
Beetru felt the hard vibration in the ground from the galloping of hundreds of firehorn hooves and began to walk backwards, quickly. She could not stop looking at their horns. She could see more clearly the closer they got. They did not taper to a point like a unicorn's horn. They were shaped like cylinders. In the middle of the approaching throng, one of the firehorns raised back its head and howled with a tone that was as terrifying as it was loud and unlike anything Pichu had ever heard. The howling firehorn had moved far out in front of the approaching throng and, without slowing down even slightly, lowered its head towards the ground. Beetru watched in shock and horror as a long stream of fire shot out of its horn. The fire came out in a long, steady stream, igniting the tall grass in front of it and leaving a trail of raging fire behind it. The trailing horses galloped through the fire unscathed. Then, with perfect synchronization, all of the firehorns lowered their heads and began shooting fire out of their horns. It was an amazing, terrifying sight to see as the long line of firehorns and large dust cloud became a massive wall of fire. An endlessly wide inferno moving at a breakneck speed across the plain. Beetru could feel a massive wave of heat as the firehorns were nearly upon them. Beetru, run! screamed Brick. Beetru spun around and ran down the slope to the riverbank. She couldn't see Brick anymore. She looked around in a panic for a place to hide. She was now too low to see the firehorns, but watched as both oak trees at the top of the grassy slope erupted in flames. This way! Come in here! Hurry! said Brick, who was next to a section of the riverbank that formed a wall. Directly behind Brick was a round opening that looked like a small cave entrance, maybe three feet in diameter. Brick ran inside it. Beechu hated caves and dark, small places because she was claustrophobic. But getting cooked by a wall of fire sounded far worse, and she ran into the mysterious cave behind Brick. End of chapter 3